Yes, folks, welcome to Fundamental Wisdom Podcast, Episode 7. On this podcast is where we ask the questions that you want the answers to and discuss ideas in order to help you level up to your highest self. We have practical discussions to help you level up physically, mentally, spiritually, and financially. And on this episode, I'm honored to be joined by a very, very special guest, an expert dating coach and a man that has truly mastered life and unlocked abundance in all areas of life. I'm honored to be joined by the legendary Alex Leon. Alex, thank you. It's a nice intro. (laughs) I'm honored. Thank you. I'm good. I'm. I wish the viewers could see this, but we have this absolutely incredible view right now. Mm. We're looking over a bunch of sailing yachts, bunch of Turkish hills and mountains, but right behind there's Greece. So I feel fucking amazing. Dude, this place is great. <laughs> now, just for all the viewers, there will be some B-roll, but um, Alex has been kind enough to invite me out to his villa here in the south of Turkey. We're in Bodrum and we cross paths here and it is absolutely stunning. Beautiful, beautiful place. So, Alex, what are you doing out here in Turkey? Uh, I'm just coming to the end of a 30-day monk mode. You know, the word monk mode has been floating around quite a bit on the YouTube scene now. I don't know who started it. Um, Which means 30 days with me, five guys in a beautiful villa, which is not that expensive Mm. in off-season. Because we're in Turkey, usually this is a tourism place from May to September, but now it's March, so I got a pretty good deal. And that means six guys in a villa doing only work. Um, I feel like a lot of people think they work really hard, including myself, but the reality is life is full of distractions and also full of excuses. So I want to create a place where we strip out 90% of the distractions which could mean stuff like, you know, running errands, cooking, cleaning, organizing stuff, quickly picking up something from the post office. Oh, my, my buddy locked me out. Or quickly, I need to, you know, the call center or I'm in the support line. Or oh, quickly, this email, all this other stuff, you know. Or I need to go to his birthday. Oh, we still don't have a gift. Like, endless list. So we're cutting all that out for 30 days. And excuses we're cutting out as well by being here together. Hmm. Uh, a lot of dudes are full of shit in the sense of, again, they think they work really hard, including myself. <laughs> but the brain is really good at coming up with excuses. Mm. And we can keep each other accountable here. So I really love the setup of beautiful location, boring like city at that time of the year, and multiple guys who are all working on something who keep each other accountable. Mm. And obviously in your line of work, that's massively important to be able to focus because the other half of the year, you know, you're in beautiful places, surrounded by beautiful people, beautiful women, doing beautiful things, you know, enjoying the spoils of life. So how has this monk mode been for you? I know that this is something that you do frequently, you know, growth houses and things mm-hmm. like this. So, you know, how has it been for you? How has it been for your team? Um, yeah, uh, incredible. I mean, this is basically kind of the third time I'm doing a setup like this. The first time I was pretty blessed. Uh, one entrepreneur friend of me let me stay at his villa in Cape Town and you know kind of showed me how it's done i did one last november and now we have march i'm doing it again uh it's been great i mean you know surely the realization is also i should do this much more Mm. um i still it's not like i'm done you know and i did everything i wanted to do uh as you go deeper you realize damn we should also build this or i should make more content on that or i should improve this funnel or i should fucking do my accounting finally or something like that um so there's always stuff to do but i'm quite happy i was quite focused uh and again it's that one guy put it really nicely last time basically doing a setup like this you're outsourcing your discipline Mm. (laughs) you don't have to be that disciplined by yourself Mm. because just by seeing i don't know three of the other dudes leaving to the gym you're like i might as well come Mm. you know you know you don't have to overthink stuff or you see three other dudes working on their laptop still at 9 p.m., you're like, okay, I might as well also get that last bit done. So it makes it easier. And you're absolutely right. With the work I do now, often, uh, yeah, I need very disciplined focus to make, to move the needle on certain things. I'm not like a work-per-hour guy anymore. Mm. You know, sure, I worked at Starbucks when I was young and in a hotel, it doesn't really matter if you're super focused when you're at Starbucks. You can basically go in autopilot mode. Mm. But now 
I have to perform. I'd have to be in front of the camera or deliver really good coaching in my group sessions or in my one-on-one sessions that really change somebody's life or at least make people think when they watch my YouTube video. So I need this, yeah. Mm. So that's massive, you know, being around this, like, network of accountability where it's six guys, no distractions, work, 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 work. So that really sets you up for the future. So then you can enjoy, you know, the spoils of, of life. You know, you allow yourself to, you know, be able to do nice things. So that's massive. So now that we've touched on monk mode, let's talk about you a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, it seems like you've unlocked and achieved abundance in all areas of life. To me, that means, you know, being able to travel. I know you travel a lot. You're doing beautiful things with beautiful people. Like I said, you're surrounded by wealth and abundance and beautiful places, doing beautiful things. So what I want to ask now is about your zero to hero story. You know, mm -hmm. when people see, you know, a young guy like yourself out here, you know, living this life, having this abundance of, you know, this beautiful life and wealth all around and beautiful women and, you know, living the like rock star lifestyle. What they usually think is, you know, it's just, you know, another dickhead that, you know, is daddy's money or yeah. perhaps, you know, oh, born into wealth. Like, phew, I can't do that. You know, he was born in a, into a wealthy family and a better position. So how did that come about for you? Where did you start and how did you get to where you are now? Yeah, I, I'm honored now when people comment on my videos that I'm a trust fund kid. I'm like, yes, <laughs> I'm finally making it. People think, <laughs> no. people think I have a rich daddy. Um, I'm doing something right. So it's not the case. Uh, I'm grateful for that as well, actually. I'm happy that I'm not a trust fund kid. Uh, I grew up in Austria, rural, rural areas of Austria. Um, quite humble. Obviously, Austria is a first world country. So, mm. yes, I am blessed. Right? I have a great passport. Were you a painter? Um, a what? Painter. Why a painter? The shirt. A few people get that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, oh, because of Schwarzenegger. Oh. Yeah. No, he no, was a painter. Another guy from Austria. Uh, oh, <laughs> oh, an artist painter. Because I think Schwarzenegger was a building painter. Oh, yeah? Yeah, but I know now who you mean. Um, so I grew up there, you know, went to just normal growing up. You know, It's insane to me now to look at like 14-year-olds dance on TikTok or 15-year-olds commenting on business YouTube channels of like, I'm 15 you gave me hope again to restart my career and to start my online business. And I'm going to be a millionaire by 17. Thank you. So, like, I'm just like, that's crazy. Like when I was 15, I was just, you know, from Austria running in the woods playing with sticks. Uh, and it's fine. I think that's a good childhood. Mm. Um, and then eventually moved into another city during the week, which was at, like a pretty good high school in terms of like um, reputation in Austria. Cause it was very technical the people who were in that school usually got really good engineering jobs. Um, so I was like, cool, I'm an Austrian. I should focus on career. I should focus on a good degree. You know, visited several schools, chose that one, um, made a good impression and studied for five years from 15 to like 19 years old. Uh, engineering, electronics, programming in, in high school. Like it's, it's an extra year because it's like very uh, focused on getting a job right after. The problem is there's only dudes in this school, pretty much, like 90%, right? Uh, and on top of that, I was from Monday to Friday locked into this boarding school. Um, all my friends were male. All we did was play soccer, play video games, watch, you know, How I Met Your Mother or The Simpsons or whatever. And then on Saturday, I would come home to my parents, but I wouldn't be like in a social mood to like meet girls at a bar. Like I didn't even know what to do. So I would just sit in my room, play online poker, uh, work on my website, you know, fiddle around with PHP or anything. And that was five years. So in all that time, when usually guys would improve their social skills, you know, maybe travel a bit during the summer, get their first girlfriend, lose their virginity, experiment stuff, create maybe events together with other dudes, invite girls, fucking go to the lake, rent a boat, I don't know, whatever people do in their teens. I didn't do any of that. Um, so only when school ended, I had to catch up and then I kind of had the choice. Should I keep focusing on career on making a lot of money or being, you know, high status in a certain company, 
or do I want to become a better communicator? Do I want to know how to talk to girls? Because I basically had to admit to myself I'm really bad. Mm. Um, I don't know how to attract women into my life. I'm relying on my environment. You know, sure, here and there I would meet a girl because I was invited to some party or a birthday party. And then I wasn't like a total like nerd when somebody sits next to me. But I didn't know how can I reach out and meet girls? How can I say hi on the street? How can I say hi on the bar? And it was just brutal to admit to myself, I have no idea and I don't even know where to start. Um, so that was the first part of that journey. Mm. Just this brutal realization that I suck at on, uh, that I suck at social skills. So you had the intelligence there and you you know, were book smart. You were doing engineering, programming, probably a little geek at home, you know, yeah. just sitting on your laptop. But then you realize that you... You know, you come out into the real world mm -hmm. and your social skills are at an absolute zero because, you know, I imagine you had your boys there for the five years, same group, same people, never, you know, meeting anyone new. So then you realize when you come out, you know, out of that school, out of that environment, your boys are no longer there. Mm. You're like, you know, oh shit, you know, I'm, I'm lonely. There's people in relationships. There's, you know, perhaps, you know, business opportunities coming my way. You know, I have to go out and, you know, get a job or something, but you're just not able to communicate you know the right way with people so yeah it's massive and so. it's kind of a brutal realization because uh i did I, I talked about this in a recent video on my channel uh school solves your social circle for you right you don't need to think oh how do i meet people today you just go to school and they're there so that's a beautiful like setup school ends you get your degree you know half the people move to a different city a quarter gets into a relationship or I don't know, moves in with their girlfriend, another one gets a job, it suddenly works really hard, or moves back to her parents, and suddenly you're alone. So you go from like a hundred, from a ten out of ten social vibes, ten hours a day with your classmates, soccer after school, even if it's just guys, right? To a one out of ten where suddenly it's your responsibility to create your own social circle and vibes and events every week. So that was also a thing of like fuck, like you know, I'm alone now. And I, mm. I guess a lot of people feel that way now, especially now where you also could work from home. You know, like your next social circle would be your your mates from the office and the occasional flirt with the secretary maybe, mm. if you're lucky. Uh, but now you work from home as well. So it's even more, yeah, it's just kind of a dark reality now. Mm. So when you found, you know, that realization out, that brutal, brutal reality of, damn, I can't speak to other humans, which, you know, is such a central part of life. Yeah. You know, your social skills, it's, I think, arguably one of the most important things, you know, like if you're not able to communicate with other humans, you can't really do much unless, you know, the life path you're trying to go down is that geek locked in his little cage, mm -hmm. you know, you know, like doing things online, but that's realistically not a good life. And, you know, for all the views out there, I'm sure it's not a life that many people want to live. So what were some of the steps that you took when you realized this? I imagine it was a big hit to your ego, you know, especially like you said you had your mates in school. You said, you know, you're doing good. You're doing good at school. Um, you did, you know, engineering programming. You were probably, you know, good at that field. What was it like when you realized that, you know, all this other central area of life, I'm at an absolute zero? Yeah. I mean, I, I want to clarify it's Mainly it was about girls. Girls, you know? okay. It's nice to call it social skills, but really I want to get laid. <laughs> mm. And I I was like, fuck, uh, you know, it's fun and games to hang out with guys all the time because, you know, socializing with dudes is not that hard. We, we get along. We have the way, the same way of thinking. We have the same language. We all can geek out about something, you know. Like if I would be, I don't know, a nerd about programming AI tools right now, it would be easy to socialize with dudes. We would just sit there, drink beer, or have a dinner and talk about it. I just didn't know at all how to get girls in my life. So that was the main stress. And just also realizing, like trying to look 10, 20 years into the future and thinking, who am I going to share my wealth with? Or who am I going to share my status with? Or who, you know, like imagine I, I do everything that I've been told to do, which is get the career, get the job. Maybe get a cool car one day or a nice house or the stability or the freedom to travel. Even like the, the cool stuff, right? Like travel to Thailand, uh, book book a cool villa in Bali, 
um, I don't know, even fly business class one time or whatever it is you're dreaming about. Like, imagine the actual reality of it, of like, imagine everything goes great and your boss is like, good job, bro. Take three months off, right? Here's a bonus. You did such a good job. You're such a good employee. And then, you know, treat yourself. Here's a business class ticket. And you sit, you go to the airport and then you check in and you're like, okay, now I can board faster and you sit in business class and there's like people around you like some people on their laptop some couples and then you arrive in bali and you have you have a pickup with a mercedes or whatever and you sit in a mercedes you're like okay and then you check into the villa and the guy shows you the villa and you're like that's nice and you're just sitting there in your beautiful villa just coming out this cool flight and you're like then you get your phone and start swiping on tinder Mm, you know it's just like even the dream is not really a dream if you do it alone and I must have had that vision somehow. And I was like, that sucks. Like, I, I would rather get laid more often. And I went out the streets. I was living in Vienna at that time. And I would try to just say hi to girls. And I failed. And the next day I tried again. And I failed. And the next day I tried again. And after like two weeks of like sometimes trying, saying like quickly hi, but being shy, trying to give a compliment, but it was kind of weird. And my voice was shaking. Like, oh, you know, I should um i was like okay this is this is now the thing i should focus on mm. so I've all, out of all the things sport career fitness you know i was like this is the thing i have to focus on so just to move away from that for a second the social skills to like truly answer the question mm-hmm. you know the grandiose theme of daddy's money and yeah you know he was born into wealth how did that career come about? You know, what were you doing at the time? How did you go from playing in the woods with sticks yeah. to, you know, being in a place of abundance and actually having, you know, the, the time and money to, you know, put into social skills? and uh, Well, that's another excuse people have. That At that time, I was in Vienna. I just quit uh, the Technische Universität, which is the technical university I was doing programming. Mm. I attended some classes. It was so hard. I quit after a year. I took a stop job at Starbucks. I made 750 euros a month. Uh, my room in my shared flat in Vienna was 280 euros with three other people, two girls and one guy. I remember I had a small room, 280. So that left me about 500 a month to live you know so that's like what is that 15 euros a day so yeah you can you can buy groceries for seven eight euros a day yeah. you know like one of those big packs of um palachinken how do you say that Fritaten soup. i don't know the only german viewers would get that but that's this big soup and you could buy it for like 150 that's like six meals and you could buy rice and potato stuff you could buy I made, you know, some meat. Yeah, you can live of seven euros a day uh, or 15 euros a day. And then uh, when I would go out to drink, I remember I would just drink five beers at home with my buddies. One beer is like 60 cents. Mm. So you get pretty drunk for three euros. Mm. Uh, I would somehow skip the queue to make it into the club. And then I would just drink other people's drinks. <laughs> so there you have it. Like, you do not need all this wealth and, you know, abundance to, you know, take the steps to work on your social skills. So just to expand on that a little. So you said that at the start, you started coming up to random chicks on the side of the street, saying hi with your shaky voice, absolutely zero confidence. I imagine some sort of low self-esteem issues there. If you're not able to, you know, even say hello to another human, forgetting, you know, the fact that, oh, it's a girl, whatever. How did you snap out of that? What was that like, you know, light bulb moment and what were some of the steps that you took to get out of that rut? Yeah, I mean, that's a deep question. Um, self-esteem for sure. And I think it's the it's the common suffering of all men of not feeling worthy of beautiful women. Mm. And I think that's all men's common suffering. I don't know, like a lot of the men I meet that's just the thing. I, I rarely meet a man who's like, I'm worthy of every woman all the time, no matter who, you know. Sure, probably there's some. Some are maybe delusional and others are just extremely confident. Um, so it's this worthiness issue of like, I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. 
that you're faced with because like if i would be good enough i would just talk to her right so i'm clearly not because or i don't think i am or i confirming to myself all the time that i'm not and then why, why the fuck am i doing this why do i hate myself so i could take this into many areas right um the answer to your question is how do you come out of that rut the brutal reality is you have to do the opposite you have to prove yourself to you you have to prove to yourself that you are worthy mm. how do you do that by looking in the mirror and telling you're great maybe a little bit by journaling a lot maybe a little bit by talking to a therapist sure not bad not a bad idea but the reality is by just talking to a lot of girls accepting that the rejection is a part of it you know like if i talk to 100 girls especially back then most of them would not want to talk to me for too long or give me their number so it is a part and it's still a part my my closing rate is not 100 percent by far um so accepting that and just doing it doing it doing it literally hundreds of times playing the numbers game as well and understanding oh shit some girls actually do want to talk to me you know if you do it often enough and you do it in a way that is not creepy which you can learn cutting out some bullshit which i teach on my channel um Girls will say yes to your invitations on a date and then they will, you know, show up and then they will touch you or they, you touch them and it's okay. And then they will go home with you and you will have sex and then you do that a couple of times. You know, like, hey, maybe, you know, now you have proof in the real world of there's 10 girls who slept with me and they liked it and they texted me after. Maybe I'm not so bad. That's a good position to start in, you know, like yeah. going back to that thing of daddy's money and being born into wealth. Quite the opposite there, actually, you know, making under minimum wage in Starbucks and surviving on scraps pretty much. Yeah. You know, and then proving to yourself in that position that, you know, you're worthy of this and that you can, you know, improve your social life and get girls. That's massive. So that's yeah, I skipped ahead a bit. I mean, the real shift also just to add on is I uh, found a mentor. Mm. Like I tried by myself. It was kind of cruel as i said right i realized now i need to focus and the real way of focusing was spending my weekends in uh, budapest so that's like a three-hour train ride because uh james the the founder of the natural lifestyles he was living in budapest at that time and i was just like that's the guy i want to learn from he understands me based on his videos right like we all know that we have some people we resonate with on youtube and others not so much i really resonated with his style uh, and I was smart, right? I knew how to handle editing program or could, I, I picked up skills really fast. So I offered my time for his coaching slash just being around him because you can just absorb a lot just by being around people. And that's when it really clicked. Like that's when I went from not even saying hi to doing, you know, five, 10 approaches every day for a longer period of time. So I actually did not know that. So you're saying that you were a client, essentially, of TNL. A broke client. I didn't have money, so I had to give my time. Yeah. And now you are working with them very closely. Yeah. So how did it go from, you know, just this brokey dude, for lack of a better word, yeah. trying to get some, you know, essentially free coaching for his, you know, services or whatever at the time? How did it go from that to now, obviously, you know, being a huge part of, of the whole channel? Um many elements that play into that you know i'm i want to be careful because sometimes people hear me say oh i just offered my work and then i became a six-figure coach you know or like uh or i just i just showed up and said james i want to work for you for free and he instantly said sure here is a job right that's not how i worked at all first of all he ignored my emails for like two months um then he gave me like a strict deadline where I had to show up in Budapest within five days. And at that time I was visiting my brother in Dubai and I was like fucking flying over. And then it was, that was still all eight years ago. Right. So I want to show the timeline of me eating shit for many years and consistently over delivering and sacrificing a lot of other stuff. Like I basically then stopped going out. I uh, stopped going to clubs and bars. Uh, I spent most nights editing videos in my bedroom. Uh, so in a paradoxical way, I did less socializing <laughs> working at the beginning for the Natural Lifestyles, which is a social company, because I just had so much work to do. Like, I didn't have time anymore to to fucking spend the whole night in a club picking up girls. So I was eating shit for a long period of time. And then 
you learn, right? You edit, I edited like two or 300 videos. I soaked up all the content. I, after four years, started to coach guys a bit. Then I got better. That's already like four or five years ago now. So I'm obviously pretty solid at teaching people now as well. Um, so yeah, it just takes a long time and you just have to show up. You have to sacrifice. You have to understand what you really want. You have to sometimes eat your ego. You sometimes have to, you know, do things you don't want to do. It is hard work and consistently over-delivering as well to to get anywhere. Like you see it, I'm obviously around really successful people. Now, I wouldn't even describe myself as that successful yet. I'm around people who, you know, are just insanely powerful, insanely successful, especially financially. And you just see what it takes to win and they just operate on a level that most people just not. And it just has a reason why they're there. You see it, you know. So, yeah. So, it's interesting how, you know, you had to put in a couple of years of work for them to actually start seeing potential, you know, that, oh, well, you know, perhaps he's got more in him than just a video editor. Yeah. And someone offering <laughs> services. Yeah. So, it's a very interesting timeline there. Speak, us, speak to us about that, you know, how you went just from that video editing guy and, you know, offering these services to... You know, James being like, oh, damn, well, you know, this guy knows a thing or two, uh, you know, like so you went from zero social skills and not being able to pick up girls to now, you know, seemingly having mastered it to the point where, you know, you're now a figure of authority speaking about this. Yeah. Um, taking some ri- or not risks, I guess. I mean, I'm just a hard worker. I mean, it's a boring answer, but it's just like you just work your ass off and you have ideas but and also realize them like even the first meeting with james was like i didn't just say hey maybe we should do photos or something right i was like i booked the studio here's five outfits ideas that i sent you the day before here is a monitor and i connect the monitor to the camera in the studio i already set everything up you have i show up at eight you show up at nine when you arrive everything is there um you just walk in, the lights are done. I I had a stand in from the studio. Um, here is the connection to the camera. All looks professional, and I will deliver the photos with you in within 24 hours. And I'll choose the best five one, and I will uh, crop them for your website. You know, it's just like versus I want to work for you. Mm. You got something? I'll work for free. I'm like I work for free. It's like now I need to tell you how to do your job. Now you're not working for free because now you're costing me time explaining you how to do the job. I'd rather just spend money on somebody who knows how to do it already. Mm. Um, So obviously, you know, and then how do I know all this photography stuff? Because I spent the week before watching YouTube tutorials on how to set up studio lighting, how to use this cable to connect it to a monitor, how to do Photoshop quickly, export shit fast. Because I just sat down and did it, you know. Mm. So it's a bit of a boring answer. It's just like I just put in the work and I have a very problem-solving mindset. Like you would rarely see me say, oh, I don't know, and then just stop there. Mm. Like I was always like, okay, so how do we do it? Let's find out. Mm. And then obviously there's fucking Google, YouTube, now there's AI. Like anybody who tells me, I don't know how to do this, I'm already not hired. going to hire that person that attitude is going to be a problem for years and I just don't have that attitude. So yeah, if you just don't know something and you say you don't know, it's nothing but a matter of laziness now because you can just learn literally anything on services like YouTube from dating to like you were saying, you know, photography in a studio, anything. You said that's a boring answer. I would say it's far from it because that, you know, the approach that you took for James is so much different. You know, what you're saying Mm -hmm. is, you know, like some of these guys, you know, in your DMs and even my DMs, you know, coming and saying, oh, hey, I'd like to work for you. What can I do for you? Like, no, that's not the yeah. approach to take. You know, what you do is you set everything up, you know, in a position so that the person can just, you know, come into perhaps your world and you do some work for them, send it over quickly, get it done nicely, keep it professional, keep it concise. That's the way to do it. You know, that's how you get someone's attention. Because yeah. if you come to someone and just say, oh, man, I love your work. Uh I do anything to work with you. You're gonna get left on red. Yeah, you know, it just shows they don't get it because I'm obviously very busy with. I mean, I'm I'm running my own coaching. I'm running a bikini brand. I'm running other ventures. 
you know like i don't have time to to give somebody a job like if, if this person didn't figure out already what i need then already that's already a sign that they don't get it mm. yeah so we briefly mentioned tnl mm -hmm. and your history with that so now i would like to speak about your role with tnl i know that it's very very different to a lot of pickup artistry mm -hmm. per se out there on the internet it's a much different approach and it seems to work much better as well so what is your role within tnl how has it been working you know with tnl and what is the approach that makes it so much different to the usual out there um you mean role as in my position in the company your position yeah uh i'm kind of like transition for each department over these eight years right Photo photography video editing web development sales uh coaching now overseeing the the editing team so i'm luckily don't have to edit videos myself anymore so i'm checking in on the guys i'm checking on the finances you know making kind of the big decisions so being more freed up with daily work but kind of like the big vision stuff and then the main thing is coaching like helping guys transform their dating life helping guys get dates helping guys feeling worthy proving to themselves that they are worthy so that takes time because within tnl i'm now also building my own content uh james always has been an incredible mentor in so many areas like seduction approaching then he went hard into masculinity and initiation type of stuff meditation and uh connecting tribal stuff super interesting now especially in the last year or two he went hardcore into sexuality right mm -hmm. so bdsm role play um tantra stuff and and much more we have a whole big workshop on that so that's cool which kind of gives me the opportunity to talk about social media how to build a network how to be a digital nomad without being lonely as i described before um how to be entrepreneurial while doing all this how to travel lightly but still make money right um so i kind of complete that whole setup there which is great because that's why i love tnl always because we have such a holistic approach to life you know it's just like it's not only about one thing always so yeah which is i think the most optimal approach you can take yeah. for life because anything that you focus on too much eventually at a certain point gives diminishing returns so you know if you're only focused on picking up chicks getting chicks i have to get chicks i have to get laid you know that just burns you out yeah. same with for example in my line of work if someone's only thinking about the gym and what they're going to eat and you know it eventually ends up doing them bad you of know course. in the long term you know it's Everything is only a part of, you know, this big thing that is life. So, you know, you have and to... And you need times where you do focus on one thing because otherwise, again, you're distracted and you kind of don't do anything, right? Mm. So in this month, I'm not doing any socializing with girls. I don't talk to any women. I don't have sex at all. I don't, you know, I don't think about, yeah, my style. You know, I'm usually in a hoodie all day long. Cool, fine. Uh, because I can make massive progress on one area and then... I do mass massive socializing again and then I do massive fitness again because maybe one month I focus only on my body. So I love those short periods of bursts. You know, I think that's a way better way to live than Monday to Friday and then weekend we're having fun. Mm. Like I would rather have no fun. I love working, so it is fun. But like I have no socializing for a month and I'm still actually social because I'm living with guys. But you know what I mean? Like push really hard one month here one month there i think you get 10 times more done mm. that way than trying to do a little bit here a little bit there um and ultimately you can build a strong holistic lifestyle that way mm. well, speaking with one of the guys here and what i said was a good life is a mix between monk mode and manic mode yeah so you have your monk mode agree. you know you're in here you're in the villa you're working putting in 10 hour shifts you know getting as much done as possible zero distractions and then once you get that work out of the way, you know, you take advantage. Like we were saying, you know, you enjoy life because, you know, it's, you, you can't just spend your life working, you know, because eventually at the end of the day, when you're coming to your last days, which we all will, you know, you're not going to think about, oh, that day I put in 12 hours of work. You know, you're, you're going to think about that hike you went on with your family, yeah. with your boys. You're going to think about that 
beautiful time you had with that significant other that you know or you know like just the the spoils of life yeah it will be about the relationships you built you know with men and with women on, on that path for sure so now we have touched on tnl just a little tiny bit but i want to expand on yeah. that again more mm-hmm. so tnl as a company the approach tnl the natural lifestyles it's a lot more different to any of this pickup artistry stuff, you know, acting like a clown in front of a woman, juggling yeah. oranges to try and pick up women or, you know, doing all sorts of things in order to seem like you're this guy, but you're not actually that guy. Whereas the TNL approach is becoming that guy, mm. you know, like yeah. it's a lot more holistic. It's starts internally. It's not a, like an external chase. It's more of like a internal pursuit of, you know, like figuring out who you are as a man, knowing your worth, bringing up that confidence and self-esteem, and then, you know, going from there. So how does TNL differ from your, your typical? Yeah, I guess it's about um, adding things versus subtracting things. So you take a guy who already doesn't feel like he's good enough, which is almost every guy at some point in his life. And then one way of dealing with it is you add things on top, like you said, Maybe you just put a cool suit on him. All right, that will do, right? Or you teach him a few tricks. So you, you, he does card tricks, or he does some peacocking, or he learns some pickup lines, or you know, he he really fixes his Tinder profile. He hires a photographer and photoshops all the photos and fakes, I don't know, his career in the profile. Now you're adding a lot of things, and you're hoping that it works. And the thing is, it does work to an extent, right? Like. Me too. I've I've read the game early on. It inspired me. I tried some peacocking early on in like bars. Um, I did a lot of that stuff. And if you do it, you get some results. So I'm not against it for guys to get started. But at the end of the day, you're still this little child beneath all of this stuff you added on top. It's like that itch in the back of your head. You know yeah. that you're lying to yourself. Yeah. And that's not the way to do it. Eventually that you know, that balloon is going to pop. Yeah. It will come crashing down. the truth will, you know, come out, especially when you're hanging around with a lot of chicks, you know. Yeah. Girls have a beautiful intuitive sense of being able to tell, oh, this guy is faking Absolutely. it. You the know, hotter the girl, like... the more she will be like, this guy's full of shit, right? Like, that's the thing. You're basically capped at the level of women you can get with that type of stuff. Um, but okay, if it gets you started, whatever. Now, I knew this is not it uh pretty quickly and then i searched for a new approach i found james so what we do is we we subtract stuff so we take all of this away and we're just like who are you which is a really difficult question uh who are you and what do you want (laughs) um and the answer is this endless pursuit for many people i mean i guess all philosophy books out there are written about what is life, right? Who are you as man? What is our purpose? What is our mission? What are we here to do? Um, so that's an, I'm not by far educated enough on answering that, but I do know that hot women are attracted to guys who are being themselves, whatever themselves mean. And usually the the way you are most yourself is by taking all this other bullshit away. Um, they really value a guy who is authentic, unfiltered, and that can even be rude sometimes, but you can make it up, right? Like you can offend someone, but then realize you offended them and fix it in the moment, which shows you say what you mean, you're honest, you're direct, you don't have a filter. And then you also have the calibration skills to be in tune with the other person and check in with them again, right? So now you already portrayed a lot of masculine stuff. Instead of being the nice guy who is like, I... Uh, has all these layers of, I don't want to offend anyone. I don't want to seem like this. I want to seem like that. I want to seem like the, the good guy, not the bad guy, da-da-da. She sees through that, and now you're, you're now you're nobody. You're not being yourself. You're just trying to copy someone. So I was always fascinated with that approach of putting myself out there, being myself. Obviously, I also talk about, sure, have a good style. Of course, work on your body. Of course, have some career. Don't be a bum, right? Um, of course, you know, travel and, and, and impress. And I talk a lot about being cool on social media, having an archetype on social media, putting yourself out there. So I'm not saying you should 
you know, only approaching a hoodie and sweatpants because that's your most self because that's how you're at home. But at the end of the day, it starts with your character, your charisma, uh, how you see yourself and how you are able to look at a woman's eyes. Mm. And can you hold that eye contact? And are the first words that come out of your mouth something you just made up or that you just repeat from someone else? Because mm. that's where it starts and that's what she will kind of value you on. I really like that approach. You saying that, you know, it's about being authentic and that means a lot of different things, you know, about a lot of different people because everyone realistically is going to be different. Yeah. So that's a very, very healthy approach because a lot of what you see out there nowadays tells you, you know, you must do this. This is the only way to do it. You have to do this or you have to be a billionaire, you know, all the like Tate types even going into that side of the, the internet. You know, there's only one way to do it and chicks are only attracted to this. Like, absolutely not. Yeah, also because people you know? have to understand, you know, a guy like Tate, he is, I don't know how old he is, 36, 37, 38. Um, he, he went through different phases in his life. He was a kickboxer. Obviously, he built his body through that, right? He built confidence through that. If you watched old videos of him, he was very charismatic early on. The way he talked in interviews early on, um, you just see this guy is confident. He's a way of talking. Then he showed up in TV shows already. So he clearly has strong eye contact. Like somebody who is good in camera is often also good at talking to people because he can... You know, I can distill sentences. You can express yourself. It's all part of charisma. Mm. Uh, then he then he made business success. And so that took him like 15 years. And now people are like, oh, I should just make money. Mm. Like, no, that was like the last final piece that got him to that whatever level he's on now. I'm sure he was fucking charming when he was 19 already. Mm. Uh, so, okay, he he worked on other stuff. Problem is most people don't never work on their charm or they're just not as charismatic or they never had a mentor or they never had this cool uncle or this, you know, other inspiration or this the right environment to express themselves. And then they're trying to fix that with money. Mm. And then they're 47, have a million in the bank and then they, or 10 million or 100 million, whatever. I know all of these types. They sit in a bar, they want to talk to a girl and the girl is just bored out of her mind in 30 seconds and he's like oh i have somebody told me yeah. i have a hundred million but yeah, yeah that's that's a big theme you know money money accelerates who you are at the end of the day you know if you're a chump and you have no money then you get a bunch of money you know you're still a chump yeah so you know working on money is only like the you know cherry on top yeah. you know you have to work on yourself and that's vastly more important you know because say you win the lottery tomorrow I'm saying you're just not right up here. You know, you, you're just going to have 10 million in the bank, but not be right up Probably here. Probably going to spend it. So, yeah. if, you, if you don't know how to handle a lot of money, then you, you will spend it anyway if you win the lottery tomorrow. Yeah. So just to move away from all of this, I would like to talk about modern dating. Obviously, mm -hmm. you're an expert men's dating coach. So this is something you're very passionate about, I imagine. So... What would you say the modern day dating market is like nowadays? Uh, rough. Minefield. Rough. It is rough, man. Uh, I'm not... Yeah, I'm, let's say I'm almost grateful <laughs> that I grew up in a not-so-digitalized world. Mm -hmm. And I'm still young, and now everything's so digitalized. So... That's kind of the point, right? Everything is digital. Mm. And people do stuff digitally. They order stuff digitally. They order their food digitally. And they date digitally. Mm. So what does that mean? It first of all means uh, they try to find their partner now online. Mm. Or not even. They just have a fake online partner. Which means online porn. Watching a lot of movies, series, uh, YouTube. You know, having like these one-sided relationships with somebody famous. <clears throat> so they don't even know how to talk face-to-face -face anymore. Now they want to get laid, they open dating apps. And I don't have a problem with dating apps per se. I use them here and there. But I always say it should be 5 to 10% of your, like... 
strategy. score, yeah, of your yeah. strategy of how to meet women. If it's 10% Tinder and it's, you know, 40% street approach and 50% social circle, great. Problem is for most people, it's 100%, mm. right? Because people don't have the balls now to come up yeah. to someone, which is like a big theme of what we've been chatting about all along. No balls, no strategy, no social circle, not the right environment. So now they're relying 100% on this app that is made by a few programmers and business people in probably LA or wherever Tinder is and Bumble and, you know, with their own agendas and mainly for-profit companies. Mainly used by guys as well. Mainly used by guys, I, I of course. I would say 80 to 90% do Yeah, because we're all horny, right? So we want to get laid. Uh, so now you're just in the un under control of this algorithm. Hopefully, it's blessing you. It doesn't. The only time it does is when you put your credit card in. Because then it's like, quickly, let's give him some dopamine. So we train him that when he puts his credit card in, he will get the hot girls and then give him some fake matches. Like, who knows if the hot girls that here and there match you are even real? If I would be the CEO of Tinder, I would make fake hot girls accounts. And every time somebody gives me 50 bucks, I would match him with one of them. Because then I train him, right? Like, why not? Then I train him that spending money leads to the chance to meet a hot girl. And That's like, so interesting that you say because, you know, with the recent, first thing I would do if I would be CEO of Tinder. Recent advancements in AI, you know, you don't even know what's possible out there. So if this guy ever releases a dating app, it'd be very, <laughs> yeah, very questionable. I'll be profit. <laughs> um, I'm a businessman doing business. No. Um, so that's horrible mm. when you actually want to have a real connection, you know. Um, and... The, the, I think the other problem is just how normalized Tinder and, and online app is now. Like, luckily, 10 years ago, it was still a bit weird when you met online. Now it's weird when you don't meet online. Mm. It's so crazy. It almost feels weird coming up to someone and saying hello nowadays. It's don't you find weird that? Now. Like... For millions of years, that was the only way to meet was to go out and talk to someone or meet them at the dance or at the market or at buying oranges. And now it's suddenly weird. And the funny thing is that, you know, we come across hundreds and hundreds of these profiles of these hot girls yeah. swiping, ding, swiping, ding, swiping, ding. more than any of her predecessors have ever seen. Yeah, we all we can see them. more beautiful girls than they did in their lifetime. But the funniest thing is that the statistics show that the men nowadays are getting way less pussy, for lack of a better word, yeah. than the people back then. So what's going on there? I saw something crazy like... Um, in the U.S., it's either 40 or 60%, not sure, excuse me, 40 or 60% of men in their early 20s are still virgins. Yeah, under and 30, like half. That, yeah. You, know, you know, some people watching this podcast might say, oh, well, you know, the, maybe they're just living traditional lives and maybe they don't want to break that until they're married. Well, that's very much not the case because when you look at the amount of people that watch things like porn or, you know, the amount yeah. of people that are on Tinder yeah. – they're not just abstaining. They cannot get laid. That's the that's the issue there. That's the issue at hand. So it's a, it's a weird situation that we're in now. And so it is rough. Um, and that's the reality. And to be brutally honest, I think 90% of men, that sounds horrible to say, but I think they will just have a shitty dating life their whole life. Brutal. And it's going to be brutal and they're going to get older and older and they're gonna not find the woman they really want and they're gonna be replacing and they're gonna just have sex with girls they're not really retract attracted to and they're gonna come in the condom hopefully and they're gonna hope the girl leaves and then eventually they're so desperate that they just marry one of them I've <laughs> hired pill to swallow but you know hearing something like this this should be your call to action this shouldn't upset you, you know, this, don't listen to this with your heart, listen to it with your brain. If you find yourself in this position, don't be a doomer about it. All hope is not lost. This simply means that now is a perfect opportunity, you know, to get to work. Perhaps look into the TNO, something like that. Look into working with Alex. So, exactly. So, yeah. So, the last 5, 10, 15, 20 years for the dating market have been absolutely brutal. Yeah. So what would you say, we've touched on this, but what would you say are some of the main mistakes that men are making? Aside from, you know, completely forgetting real life and, mm -hmm. you know, for the most part, focusing on Tinder or 
Instagram, the easy way out, where most men can't even get a match, let alone a message back, schedule a date? What are some of the other issues holding men back there on that side? Um, again, different ways I could answer this question. I'll, I'll give you a few answers. Uh, one is take action, go out, talk to girls, right? I'm all for that. That's what I did. That's how I got where I am. But what is before that? I mean, you know, Hamza talks a lot about this. Our testosterone levels are just fucked. So even if I tell a guy, you should go out and talk to maybe it's just like, eh, I don't feel like it. I don't feel like slaying pussy. Mm. Like, I just want to stay at home and play video games, mm. um, which feels way better because I'm the hero of that story inside that computer. Right, you have this character. You you complete missions. You get the in-game currency. You're rich in that in that vibe or in that in that area. Cool. So I think we have to start there of environment and what it does to our body, which is again so fucked because we stay at home all day. We move way less. We're sitting all the time, and mainly our food is probably pretty shit. You probably way know more way you know way more about that than me, but clearly. Uh, the stuff we put on our bodies is not the same that we did a hundred years ago. Mm. It's all like designed. It's full of stuff we don't even understand. We don't know how about it processes it. People don't read raw foods that much. They don't, you know, they don't eat that probably as much meat they need and minerals they need and vitamins and just real shit. So we all tired. We all sloppy, mm. right? Mans are just weak, mm. and. Uh, of course, they then don't go out to conquer and to, to talk to a girl and to want to, like, be a strong man. And they don't even have that idea of, I want to be a good seducer. I want to fucking get chicks. I want to be at the top of my social circle. I want to build a... I want to organize something. I want to bring girls to my party. They're just like, eh, I, just, I just stay at home. It's an artificial life that we yeah. live nowadays for the most part. And a lot, a lot of people are stuck. Yeah. In this, I like to call it a pasteurized life. You know how they take right. the good milk and then yeah. they pasteurize it. And then, <laughs> yeah. So it's like a pasteurized life. You know, back then we had social connections and the thrill of the chase of the girl. Yeah. The chasing, lack of, for lack of better words, but you know, like courting and, you know, going through that whole sequence. Whereas now, it, you know, yeah, just if you're able, porn. if you're able to, yeah, porn, talk to your example, AI girlfriend. <laughs> if you're, you know, in the top five percent of men that get swiped on Tinder, you know, you can just kind of pick a girl out of the the mix there, and yeah, okay, meet up, have sex, okay, like you know, there's two extremes to this: either it's that, or it's the life where you're just absolutely like an incel type, where you're just stuck yeah. at home, you're playing these video games, and that's where you're, you know, making your moves. So the first you thing know. you got to do is change your environment, because even if you're motivated, even if you know you you have the right ideas if you hang out with other lazy sloppy dudes you're only going to get so far if you still live with your parents you're only going to get so far if you live in a toxic city full of smog where everybody's angry you know i had clients i feel bad for them they come from a city where they did approaches they they took my advice and the women are just radicalized <laughs> and you know like london uh, maybe and and I want to be careful here because I I still believe truly in every city you can do cold approaching and if you have the right approach and if you calibrate it women will love it you know I've had success everywhere where I did it even if it's New York or LA or but clearly there is a beginner phase especially when you start cold approaching which I think is the best thing you can do as a man to to sharpen your sword uh there's some cities where if you're not totally calibrated some women might react badly and it traumatizes you as a man, right? Like if that's the fifth girl you talk to and she destroys you and calls you, I don't know, whatever, like a misogynist because you told her she's beautiful. I do understand how this is traumatizing for men. Uh, so get in an environment that supports your mission is I think the first most important thing because otherwise your motivation only will get you so far. So yes, your your environment, you know, it's not, where you live, it's who you are as well. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like your environment influences so many things that people don't even know. And especially with things like, you know, Airbnb and Booking.com and cheap flights nowadays, it's so easy to change your environment. Yeah. I feel like so many men get stuck in this yeah. trap of, you know, well, I have my nine to five and I need to go here and I have my family here. And oh, like, especially young guys, you know, I'm a young guy myself. I deal with a lot of young clients, you know, they're like, oh, 
well, why would I move out when I can live with my parents and not pay rent? You know, oh, it's so comfortable. You know, why would I, why would I go out there? But like the value that you get from changing your environment to something that's more conducive to chasing your goals, you just can't put a price on it. Yeah. You know, that's why things like, you know, this monk mode growth house that you're doing right now, you just, you cannot put a price on it. Like, <sighs> Well, I can't value. actually. Because <laughs> well, uh, it's I'm, a symbolic price. Let's say some guys. The, are, no, I'm. I'm. It's it's joke because I'm. Um, I'm charging people to come here. Uh, I'm obviously have my core team, but because this is a seven bedroom villa, uh, it's me, my business partner, my assistant, and then there's five guys who pay to be here. So, but no matter what price. that price is, you know the value yeah. that you get from being oh, yeah. around a network like this. The value is hopefully bigger than the price. That's exactly. Yeah. That's it. Like I was just saying with Matt there, you know, say. If something was to return you 10k, how much money would you put into it? Less yeah. than 10. Less than 10, but Anything you know what does that 10. mean? There's some people that would say, "Oh, 1,000." But then the smart people will say, "You know, well, if it's giving me back 10k, I'll put 9k into it. You know, that's a grand back, guaranteed. You know, that's a thousand no e- yeah. easy money. What, where's the risk? I'm a thousand up than where I started. You know, so got to look at it like that." So we've said now how vastly important the environment is, right? So the issue I feel as well now is with men, it's two extremes, right? Either they have zero strategy on approaching women, and that's when their social life just completely suffers. They don't know what to do. They get brain freeze when they see a beautiful woman in front of them. The second extreme is these PUA types. I'm not going to name any names, but like we were saying, you know, acting like a clown in front of a girl to woo her, not being your authentic self, which inevitably just ends up being bad. And, you know, she can smell your bullshit from a mile away. What is, you know, the kind of more optimal approach, would you say? I know this is something that TNL focuses on a lot. Um, So what does that look like to you? Really simple. I mean, it's literally going out your house, uh, walking down the street, seeing a girl walking up to her getting her attention I'm like hello excuse me uh, i know this might sound a bit too fast but you look great today how's your day and that's it like it really is that simple and obviously in that simplicity you need to go out of your house you need to approach a girl you need to get her attention you need to wave at her or say stop or hello or whatever and then you have to tell her how she's beautiful. So you have to be honest. And you, in that, then you're risking that she says, Ew, you know, which doesn't happen that often. Uh, you're basically risking that she shatters your ego. Mm. So it is simple. It's not that easy. Um, and literally do that 500 times and you will learn so much about yourself and about women. And, you know, oh, just do that 500 times. Okay. Reality is it is hard. I know it. I've been there. I've struggled to even do that one approach. Like I would say 60, 70% of guys who come work with me have not done a single proper cold approach in their life. Mm. And they tried and they realized they can't and that's why they come to us and that's perfectly fine, right? That's Mm. why we exist as a business. So to put it on a point, what I advise guys is go out today because why wait till tomorrow? Do that one time, and then if you are successful, do it again tomorrow or the same day. And if you can't do it, ask yourself why not. And if you don't have a answer that you can solve yourself, hire a coach. And if it's me or somebody else, I don't care. But that's it. You know, it's just like this is for me. This this pathway of where your life stays shitty or becomes better. So it's almost just returning back to where we started. It's like we've pushed too far in this technology yeah. side of things and everything is too artificial. And people are almost craving, you know, that real authentic connection, especially the girls out there. You know, I can't imagine a lot of girls would prefer someone, you know, swiping on them on Tinder and saying, oh, yeah, you're so sexy. I love your photo. Like they'd much rather be approached. I mean, we say that on the first day. We tell the guys there is thousands or hundreds at least, no, thousands, there's thousands of girls in the city right now walking around who want to have sex with you. You just have to say hi to them. And the the best thing that happens is that, right, you meet a beautiful girl, you have a beautiful connection, it can turn out to be your wife. The worst yeah. thing is she says, thanks, have a nice day. You wasted 10 seconds. 10 seconds. And so. you didn't waste it because you learned something about yourself. Mm. You overcame your demon. You proved to yourself, hey, 
I'm alive. I did that scary thing and I'm still alive. So actually you learn a lot even when she says no or especially when she says no. So men nowadays have to embrace the rejection side of things. Absolutely. It's just like everything that's worth something in life comes from the fact that it's not easy to obtain. Mm. You know, like why is certain watch worth something because not everybody can have it a certain car because mm. not everybody can buy it a certain woman because she's desired or she she doesn't fuck around with everyone or she's just very beautiful and has a lot of attention um and the same with that skill you have to earn it and it will show same with a beautiful body right like why is an aesthetic body a status symbol uh it's so crazy i've seen this clip on i don't know instagram last week there's a tribe i don't know if it's real better look it up but there's this tribe in uganda and then once a year they have this festival where they choose the most beautiful men and men prepare for it for months mm. and the way they prepare for it is they drink blood and milk and like honey for months to get really fat they get as fat as possible and the fattest man is the most beautiful one and then he will be celebrated and gets like the hottest wife. And I was like, wow, that's insane. It's like backwards to here. Yeah, because obviously everybody there is skinny yeah. and has a strong body because they're working outside all day. And then getting fat must be this crazy luxury thing mm. of like, wow. You know, I mean, it's yeah, it's not totally new that like big guys or like that's a kind of like a status symbol to be able to be fat because it means you don't have to work. Mm. These days, everybody's fat. <laughs> An aesthetic body means you're disciplined. You worked really hard. You pushed through. Even if we didn't feel like going to the gym or working out, you still did it. It shows a lot of masculine traits. So same with you talk to a lot of women. You are super confident. You can look at her. You can escalate. You can touch her. You, you kiss her at the right moment. And if you don't, you're still okay. All this stuff needs to be earned. You cannot buy it. You cannot inherit it. Nobody can just give you charisma in that sense. Sure, we're all born with different characteristics and genetics. But it's also the realization that you can learn it. Mm. That was the big shift for me. Even reading the game, right? I know it's like uh, PUA stuff, but then especially with stuff like James, like you're not just born an introvert and that's what you are for life. Mm. Uh, oh, you're an introvert. Therefore, you will never date hot women because you're an introvert. And uh, that, that personality test said that's your characteristics. And therefore, you will never have a hot wife. And I'm just like, fuck that. <laughs> Um, so that was a big mindset shift that helped me just say, I can learn that. It's not going to be easy, but there is a way. That is massive, man. I absolutely love the TNL approach where mm -hmm. it's not like learning off lines and tricks and manipulation. It's just being yourself. Like you didn't even say anything past saying hello to the girl. It's about who you are yeah. and what your, you know, like mission is per se. Say hello, take it from there. If, you know, if you're a, strong you know like conservative archetype of a of a man take it that way if you're a little more you know for, for example creative and artistic and, and goofy for lack of better words take it that way just be yourself let your personality shine through that's a very healthy holistic approach to this minefield that we're in nowadays yeah so i feel like we've covered that very very well so now just for the last couple of minutes i would like to move on to what you are doing right now so Firstly, I know that you're traveling mm -hmm. a lot. You've seen the whole world. Um, you're flying Parts out of here funny. tomorrow, you know, yeah. so you're, you're getting out of here quick in and out. So I would like to hear you expand on why it is you do that. Why do you travel the world? Like, and the importance of doing that, you know. Um, I wouldn't want it any other way. Um, obviously, the world is a beautiful place. You know, it's incredible. Uh, to see different countries, mm. different architecture, different landscapes, different um, winter here, spring here, and so on. So it's just like, why would I not, mm. right? Like, uh, I will die one day, and why not squeeze the juice out of life as much as possible? It's like, it's insane to me to not do that. Like, mm. it's it's so obvious to me and that has always been the case like i always wanted to experience life 
it just eventually I realized I also wanted with cool people in my life, which means dudes I vibe with. Because I, you know, in high school, to touch go a little bit back, I always felt a bit out of place. Like even with humor, even with the way guys treat each other in class or after school, I always felt a bit like, uh, is that really it? Is that how men work together? And then I was, that was also why I lasted so long in the natural lifestyles. Is that it feels like my family where I can be 100% myself. So maybe for guys watching this who are thinking like, I don't feel like myself in my social circle. I feel like I don't belong. You're probably right. And it's your job to find a circle where you do belong, where you can feel yourself. And you have to understand there are people out there right now that you can meet through the internet. You know, you have this incredible tool of manifesting people in your life. They're out there. You just have to find them. Um, So jumping back, guys and women. I wanted to meet women. I understand. I want to travel the world. Just so much better to fucking rent a car and have a sexy girl sitting next to you. You you, you stop at a beach. You take a swim. Mm. You go into the woods. You have sex or whatever. Mm. Um, and yeah, just being around women. Mm. So I love life and it's fun. Mm. And obviously, it's, you have to sacrifice a bunch of other things, right? Mm. I talk, We talked about this before recording. I... I have to pack all my life into one or two suitcases all the time. Uh, I always say hello and bye. I don't have a home in that sense. Mm. I have many homes and none. But uh, And I'm still young, right? Mm. I, I also have the realization of when I'm 55, I'll be less agile probably, less active. I will appreciate a stable one home more. Mm. Now is the time for chaos. Mm. It's time for like just the hero's journey, you yeah. know, and it's it's good to be able to discover that, I feel like. Many men nowadays, like we were saying, are just pushed into a box and have their whole life laid out for them, which could never be you yeah. or me or us, you know, people probably watching this as well. And if you are watching this and you feel like your life is, you know, being laid out for you and yeah, go to school, they go to school again, they go to university, then have this job, then find a wife and then die. Like that should be an itch for more, you know, that should be like a burning desire inside your stomach. To, you know, just go out and do something. And, you know, realistically, anything's possible. You can go from Starbucks, you know, in, in Vienna to now being in Turkey, looking over, you know, all the Greek islands here and, and actually living and curating a life that you enjoy and that other people respect. And, you know, you can just attract and attract people and and guys and like-minded people and, and girls, you know. So it's really, it's all possible. It really is. That's crazy. Walking example here. So... Alex, I guess we'll be wrapping this up now. Thank this you. This has been an absolutely amazing podcast, and I'm just so thankful that you've invited me out to this villa here. Pleasure. Thanks for, you know, I mean, I put out on Instagram and you show up, so who will, who shows up and Nobody. delivers will be rewarded. <laughs> Nobody does it like me, man. Zap. Take that opportunity. So this has been absolutely amazing. I feel like I've learned and absorbed a lot from you in the way you speak, especially the way you think now, you know, mm-hmm. going from where you were to what you are now. So, yeah, thank you so much once again, my man. This has been absolutely amazing. And for all the listeners, this has been Fundamental Wisdom Podcast, Episode 7 with Alex Leon from The Natural Lifestyles. This was a fabulous conversation, and I hope you enjoyed it all. And, yeah, have a good Sunday. Take it easy now. Peace. Ciao, ciao. That was...